0: I took this thing that felt like it was this fundamental part of me, and why would it ever change? And I asked myself why I was doing it, didn't have a good answer, and then did it.
1: You're listening to The One Less. I'm Susanna Scholler. In each episode of this podcast, I talk to someone. About a decision they've made or one they're right in the middle of making. This is a show about choosing.
0: Cheers. We have to this is the thing you have to do.
1: (laughs) See you know things.
0: I know a bit. That's really good. You're good? Yeah, it's balanced really nicely. Oh nice. Well done.
1: Okay, sweet.
0: If I have something with a lot of alcohol that is hard alcohol, Mm -hmm. but it's balanced, Mm -hmm. I'm good. Okay. It's more like if I taste You don't
1: want to taste too much alcohol. Yeah. mixed a drink for David Topping. David is the online editor of a magazine in Toronto. When we first met we were in our early 20s and David was finishing undergrad while also somehow managing to be the very busy editor-in-chief of a popular news and culture website. I wrote for the site. David was actually my first editor ever. It's novel for us to be hanging out over drinks like this because when I met him David didn't drink at all. He decided to have his first drink just a couple of years ago, when he was 27.
0: Actually, we're very close to the two-year anniversary of me starting to drink.
1: So you know the date.
0: Not because I'm like reverse uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs> it's been two years, but because I was hanging with a friend of mine who I had my the first drink with earlier this week, and, he, and it's the anniversary of when he got together with his current, like with his fiance.
1: He was on a road trip with some friends.
0: To Pittsburgh. Um, which is in the United States of America. Um, Is it? Oh my god. I, I don't know if I planned to drink on the trip.
1: But wait, let's go back. Because deciding to have alcohol for the first time in your late 20s really starts with deciding to not drink a whole lot of other times.
0: Yeah, like I'm half Jewish, so I feel like at some Passover Uh, Like, Manashevitz might have entered my life at some point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I also don't know, like, maybe it didn't. Um, I don't, certainly don't remember anything. I remember um, my, we have this cottage that burned down when I was really, really young, and my dad built the new one with his friends. I remember, like, him handing me the Lavats on the deck and me having a tiny sip of it. I have had, I think what everyone's reaction to the vats is, which is was like, like this, is this is really gross, why would anyone ever yeah. drink this? Yeah. And that, that set me on a course. One of the reasons I, when I didn't drink, I didn't drink it because I just never liked the taste of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, this is disgusting. Um, I would sip it, people would be like, try this thing. Mm-hmm. I was always like, this is also gross. <laughs> like, there was, there was never a point where someone was like, have this great drink, and I was like, except a cooler, I had had like a sip of a cooler once. Like, I don't remember what it was, it must have been a vodka, probably like strawberry. And I was like, this is pretty good. Like I could see myself drinking this and my friends were like, you can't actually drink that. I was like 15 or 16, we just like dial a bottle thing. My high school was kind of famous. at least I guess within the Toronto District School Board, which mm-hmm. is to say, who knows how famous actually. Um, other high schools had drug problems. Other high schools had gang problems. We had like a problem with drinking. There was a big problem of like people finding various ways to smuggle alcohol into dances. Yes. Um, which I think is probably relatively common. Um, but like, I, I think we had some, we just, ever. no matter what, people kept finding new containers. new ways they could bring things into dances, and it was like a big problem. Um, I think at one point we considered just not having dances, and like the school was like up in arms about that, like um, as all 15 year olds would be, if you were like, you're not allowed to grind, and (laughs) we demand the right to grind, (laughs) to like Nelly. My friends, who were all pretty cool about me not drinking and sort of never really pressured me to drink, were often drinking to do pretty much anything. And I remember, like, we would want to go bowling. And like, that sounds great to me, I'm in, like, cool. (laughs) And they would want a free drink to go bowling. Uh And I just wouldn't get it. I'd be like, bowling's the fucking best. Why would you need alcohol in you to enjoy this objectively enjoyable sport? Right. Um, Like, I never understood the, like, I never understood the, the pre-drinking kind of culture that was that was kind of around, um, and 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 quite frankly, no one seemed to be having more fun than me when they were drinking. Like I enjoy going to parties and I like talking to people and I get energy from that. Um, and my friends were drinking and enjoying themselves and like and but like then they were also throwing up into a sink like doing things that they immediately regretted and we all gossiped about them for like it was it was harder for me to see where the fun kind of mm-hmm. came in at least the fun that I wasn't having I mm-hmm. kind of felt like I was I felt like I was having the fun that I wanted to have in high school I was the kid that if you're going to have no curfew, if you're going to let them do whatever they want, which is what my dad was like with me when after my mom and uh, he divorced um, Like, I was out till 3am, but then I was, like, walking home and, like, responsibly, like, God, responsibly everything. Like, there was, I was just so, um, I was just so responsible as a a teen, which is not cool.
1: Why do you think you were so responsible? (sighs)
0: So the other part of this... Um, um, but the other part of this is I had to grow up really fast when I was 15. Um, and that was because my mom, uh, is, was, suffers from, uh, bipolar disorder. Um, and she had like a really serious manic episode and a really, really bad year when I was in grade nine, which is also, I think the first day of grade nine was also September 11th, 2001. Um, just like, yeah, not a great year. Yeah. Like externally, internally. Um, and so like that year was like so terrible for everyone. Um, and like the police were always at our house. My mom ended the year in jail. Went to go see her there. Uh, Charged with harassing my dad. Um, and my sister left the house um, and didn't want to. Like my sister left the house we didn't. my mom didn't know where she was and we couldn't tell her. Um, And, like, my mom is, is better now, but, like, that was a year where I was like, all right, I'm an adult now. Like, I was just, like, just skipped right to it. But that definitely put me in a position of, like wanting to make sure that the thing about bipolar disorder is you have no ability to control it. And it's so arbitrary and so confusing and so scary, especially when it's someone you love or someone you depend on or both. Um, you, when you can't control that, it becomes even more important to control like the other stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think my steadiness and how much I prize my steadiness is like a direct result of of what happened with my mom. So, so yeah, that was, that was, that was that was what that was like, um, and then the other thing, and this is the thing that I've only realized like relatively recently, um, which is that like, and here's a revelation: my dad had a drinking problem while I was in high school, which I did not actually realize really. Like, I think uh, subconsciously I did, but consciously I did not. Um, and I think I think that made it seem even less fun. My dad was like the kind of guy who like I. The reason I didn't really know he had a problem was because he's the kind of guy who, like, drank quietly by himself and wasn't ever mean or shitty or taking anything out on me, but was doing it often enough that it was, like, starting to cause him some kinds of problems. Um, and so, like, when you add that layer on top of it, a layer that I, if you would ask me in high school why I didn't drink, and if you asked me even a few years ago, I wouldn't. Have, I just wouldn't have told the truth. Um, that was a part of it, too. Um,
1: when did you realize your dad had a drinking problem?
0: Probably when he was, like in the hospital, probably when Probably when he was in the hospital in Parry Sound, which happened like not especially long ago.
1: After David and his sister had grown up and moved out, their dad left Toronto and moved north to that cottage he'd built. Then five years ago, David got a text from a friend of his dad's. No one had heard from David's father in a while, so someone went to check in on him. When they found him, he couldn't get out of bed, and he'd been drinking. David and his sister convinced their dad to go to the hospital. His sister, it turned out, had been worried about their father's drinking for a while. David had no idea.
0: I don't know why I didn't see it. I, I just thought he like drank before he went to sleep and then got quiet and then went to bed. Like that was kind of what I saw. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah. So, so like the moment we cajoled him into going to the hospital was probably the moment where it was like beginning to dawn on me. But he was in the hospital for four or five months and he got worse, like he was almost in a coma yeah, like I don't think he actually was officially in a coma though. The one thing I learned about Health stuff when I was there was like the definitions of when you are an art In certain states like when you are an art dying and when you are an art in a coma They're not as clear as like I think I, I, I just thought they were like mm-hmm. you I, I think if someone is either you're either Dying or you're not <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know <laughs> or you're either in a coma or you're not but actually like it's much more fluid than that and someone can get worse one day and better another and um, And he uh got worse over the course of the first few months. Uh and and doctors like doctors took us aside and we're like, he's dying. Um and I remember going up one time and it hadn't really sunken in yet. Um, but I remember going in one time very late. My sister kind of I got like the call from my sister being like, you need to come up now. She was spending a lot of time up there, I was kind of coming up. Uh, as much as I could she was she was amazing throughout this and she was she took charge there was no way I could have I was miserable at a job I hated and wanted to quit and was burned out and just didn't I just couldn't get my shit together Um, which for me felt very scary and unusual um but she was like you need to come up and uh, my girlfriend at the time came with me and uh, my sister was there with her partner uh, I guess now her fiance um and my mom may have been there i think my mom was there um but i came into the hospital room and my dad just looked terrible and it hit me all then and we were all crying and then he didn't die he didn't die through like sheer force of dad will like stubborn dads when it comes to death you want your dad to be stubborn like that's a good (laughs) that's a good good thing for him (laughs) to be stubborn about I got exposed to this terrible traumatic life event that didn't really actually it fully didn't complete the trauma like nothing the, the bad thing that we the bad thing that we all prepared for and that we were like signing wills about and agreeing who would take the cottage and figuring out where his ashes would be scattered didn't happen both parents go through these really traumatic events for me and for themselves and come out the other side of it in a way that is weird like um and you know not too far apart right like um 10 years one in one key developmental phase and the other in another and both are mental health issues right um both are things that it's tempting to blame the person for, but you know you shouldn't. Um, and both of them made me really prize uh, steadiness. Like they both had that effect on me. But the interesting thing about my dad um, is that until that point, I think I, I think I hadn't ever thought much about that as a part of me, like steadiness being an important part of me. And actually, I think that probably my dad's stuff. Probably led to me letting go more. When I actually realized that that was what was going on, and that was what was going on with him, I got less, um, I got less, like uppity about alcohol. Oddly enough, like when it was subconscious and kind of this thing that I didn't really confront, that was when I was like, "No, I don't drink." And um, and when I actually was like, my when I was like, my dad has a drinking problem, is when I was like, "Well, maybe it's okay for me to drink." There are certain things that you do that or don't do that become who you are right there are things that you decide are fundamental parts of your identity and interesting things about you and 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 that are that you hold on to for reasons that you no longer remember Um, uh, and for me it was like I was I went from someone who didn't drink to like being like to that being a thing for me um that I was a non-drinker and it wasn't like I was it wasn't like I didn't think it was the most interesting fact about me like thank god um but but I was proud of it and it was a and it was it was a when I would say that I didn't people would like ask me questions and like I like being the center of attention and um and I like talking to people and so So for the longest time it was just like a fun fact about me that I just stopped thinking about why it was that I didn't do it.
1: So remember, David's on this trip
0: to Pittsburgh. Um, which is in the United States of America. Um,
1: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) And he's with his friends and he's decided to have his first drink.
0: I've got these like three adult men around me who I feel safe with and I trust. I trust them not let me be an asshole, which is, was really important to me because I didn't know what I'd be like if I had some alcohol in me. I was worried I'd be like uh, uh, more obnoxious or like an asshole or like mean or like want to fight people because that's what I'd seen. Like I'd seen mean, shitty drunks like at like baseball games. And I was like, that's why that's why I don't want to be. But I was like, with these guys, I'm safe. Like, they're not gonna leave me at the bar or and I'm gonna like get in a fight in Pittsburgh with someone, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um and so like I think it makes sense that I I want it to be like not controlled, but safe. Like that's what I needed. And so we went to this this place, I think it was called Cure, and it's essentially like a like charcuterie type nose to Tail restaurant and I had a glass of punch <laughs> <laughs> and a, a punch yeah because they were like I asked the guys like what what is a good first drink here and and we looked at the menu and what they had and they were like I mean I guess you could go with the punch I think I sipped their drinks too but I actually like I had a complete glass a of punch. punch like complete my first like complete unit of alcohol was um, a punch was a punch the first time I had a drink was not this like incredibly fraught experience in the way that if I made it a thing at 16 it probably would have been it was like okay I'm ready for this now like it was it was special and nice but it wasn't like especially carefully planned or especially like pivotal in my life at the time like it wasn't a big deal I didn't make a big deal out of it like I think I probably came back and was like I had a drink like and I'll see people who haven't seen since high school and I'll be like I drink now and they're like what um but it's not it wasn't a big deal and the fact that I think it wasn't a big deal was why I did it
1: It's funny, um, just the way you talk about sort of like the specialness or planning, oh, it sounds man. so much like losing <laughs> <No>. your virginity.
0: <laughs> it does. It does.
1: And there's this intimacy too, like you pick these people you feel really safe with. Right? <laughs>
0: my, yeah, my my three good friends. Um Yeah, I I've, I've realized like when I was talking about it earlier, I was like, this does sound like I'm just talking about sex. I was like, I trust them. <laughs> yeah, I know they're yeah. not gonna hurt me, <laughs> they're not gonna let me hurt myself. <laughs> Um, it's like a, it, Did like you use
1: protection though
0: uh well we lit some candles um. <laughs> alcohol is this thing that like I mean when people say it takes the edge off I like never got what that meant I was like oh yeah I get it now like it, it's it's it's, it's very, very nice to have that option. It's very nice to like have a tough week and then not get like wasted, which is a thing that I actually have not done. Like I've never gotten like shit-faced. I've never had a night I can't remember. But like at the end of a long week, do I wanna like go and get a drink with like a friend or a partner or something like that? Like, yeah, that's like really, 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 really nice. And I, I, like, how, I like how alcohol facilitates uh, vulnerability. Um, in me and in other people, in relationships and everything. And like, that's, um, that's not a thing I would have expected. Not drinking required a certain amount of bravery to like move through the world sober. <laughs> like, I didn't have that to lean on. I had to just move through the world and exist and deal with awkwardness and awkward first dates, or awkward nights, and just face all of it. Um, and so, on the one hand, like, sure, I like being steady and I like being in control. But like, there's a certain amount of like, it's it's funny to frame not drinking as reckless, but there is something there that like, you just have to face the world as it really is.
1: Do you feel like you missed out on anything?
0: Oh yeah, totally. I, I missed out on like making the wrong decisions when I was fifteen or sixteen or seventeen or eighteen or nineteen or twenty or 21 or twenty-two or twenty-three twenty-four. Like not that like I'm like I not like not that I've only made the right decisions, but like I missed out on I miss out on uh formative regret, right? Mm-hmm. Like I missed out on um I miss out on stuff that's uh, i mean, is there mistakes that make you who you are, as opposed to just like a series of correct decisions that you are like in hindsight quite proud of. I just um, want to be getting better at everything all the time, and it's not like I don't. It's not like I'm like like I'm I'm not like oh my god I biked more slowly today than I did yesterday, and it's not like I'm like to that degree but like do I want to feel like I've got my shit together and do I want to feel like I'm only ever getting more of my shit together totally um and when I've had parts times in my life like when my dad was was in the hospital and when like and when I was like in a job that made me really unhappy um I felt like I was regressing and it was it was especially terrifying because I felt like I'm not someone who regresses like I'm someone who like is on a straight like the 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 trajectory of the the angle of the ascent up who knows what it was but I was I was always very confident that I was on an ascent um and like I don't know that I am now I think I don't I still care I don't care as much but like do I want to like graduate from jeans to chinos like yes (laughs) But I also, like, want to have better relationships with my parents, and I want to, like, have better relationships with my friends, and I want to, like, get better at being in relationships. I would, I would be very unhappy if I felt like I had settled, um, that I had sort of taken what I have and it was enough. But like that is the surest way to happiness. Like when your expectations meet your reality is the surest way to actually be happy. Um, but there's fun in the hunt. Like there's fun in the there's fun in the striving. But to just only ever strive is probably not like an ideal.
1: What's interesting about the drinking thing is that it seems to me like you made a decision to no longer see not drinking as the self-improvement and to reimagine drinking itself as an opportunity for self-improvement.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, though I, I think that's how I see it now. But I don't think I thought of it at the time as that. Like I don't think like I don't think of like having a drink as like as a radical act of self-improvement, like with the what you've mixed me here or anything like that. Um, but I do see it as like being a better I do see it as letting go of things that I don't need like there's the sense of like setting a version of yourself off and and starting a new version of yourself at that point but of course like as someone who's like look I like to be the center of attention I liked when I didn't drink um for people to be like why here I am giving an interview essentially about why I didn't drink like it still absolutely gets me tons of mileage with like with like getting to sh- like talk about it like um, it's not like that's not that's not the that's not the foremost reason that I l- like it like I didn't not drink for the attention um but a good story is a good story and so like it's interesting because I haven't had to let go of the good story part of it you know whereas before uh, you said that, that I was like I don't drink and now it's like i get the opportunity to be like i didn't drink until 2 years ago and people are like how come and it's the same story right like it's it's now it's deeper and much more like emotionally complex and everything but it's 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 still a good story so i didn't have to lose that Like, I still really prize steadiness. Like, I still really like that in myself. I, I want to be that. But the rigidness with which I feel like I must be is is what's beginning to change. But that's only changing now. Like, the thing about, like... <sighs> these kinds of change... Like, I haven't had... I can't think of many of these kinds of changes I've had, but they're so much more gradual and painful and... Well, not painful. They're just so much more gradual than you think they will be. Like, the the... The transition from someone who doesn't drink to someone who drinks, it doesn't. I don't feel like I've completed it yet. There's, you know, there's a lot... there's a line I really like from like a God, a Connor Over song. So like, let me be a cliché. But there's <laughs> there's a part in the song Cape Canaveral where, and I've been listening to it a lot lately, and it's like, uh, victory is sweet even deep in the cheap seats, and I feel like life as a series of small victories is, is like I'll, I'll take it. You know, like I. There, there are many dramatic moments along the way, but, but, like, with these sort of, like, small victories, you can feel like you're chipping away at something. Like, and that something is, like, the, the project that is your entire life. If you can aware of and count and like take meaning in the small victories like that's so meaningful and it like and it it, it matters so much and like starting to drink was like a small victory. starting to drink was like this thing that I let go of about myself and it didn't fundamentally change who I was or how I talk or how I think or how I interact with people or what I'm like in a relationship or what I'm like with friends but it was something that I, that I, like, I let go of. And I'm so glad I did.
1: David topping, and I had two drinks during the course of our chat. Uh, the first drink I mixed I'm gonna quasi claim to have invented, uh, not really calling it the topping. And there's a recipe for it up on the website, theoneless.com. So check that out if you also like drinking. Uh, this was the second episode of the podcast. You can subscribe to The One Less in iTunes. Um, you could even rate it if you felt like doing that. And there's gonna be another episode next month and until then, thank you so much for listening. This is not the road less traveled. This is the one less.